You're listening to the Study Legal English podcast, helping lawyers and law students become fluent in legal English. For more information, visit studylegalenglish.com. Hello and welcome to the Study Legal English podcast. I'm your host Louise and today we are going to listen to the recording of the webinar which I participated in with Natasha Costello and which was hosted by the wonderful Stephen Horowitz on the 16th of January 2023. This webinar was giving a sneak peek at the book which Natasha and I co-authored which is entitled Practical English Skills for Lawyers, Improving Your Legal English. Now, I know that some of my listeners attended, so if that's you, a big thank you for attending, and I hope that you found it useful. If, on the other hand, you could not attend, but you're interested in listening to the webinar, well, lucky you, you can do that today. Something I'll add, however, is this. In the webinar, we looked inside the book and I shared my screen where we showed some exercises inside the book. So I suggest that after you've listened to this webinar, if you'd like to actually see what we are referring to, then head over to the Study Legal English YouTube channel and watch the webinar there. Then the exercises are going to make more sense because you will be able to see them on the screen. I also want to add that if you have any questions about the book, please send them to louise at studylegalenglish.com. I'm collecting together some questions so that I can do a podcast episode with all of these questions that we've received. Okay, so let's get started. Okay, so welcome to this webinar, The Practical English Language Skills for Lawyers, pre-book launched webinar. The aim of this webinar is to get a sneak peek of the book. I'm going to ask Natasha and Louise some questions, and you, the audience, should feel free to use the chat box to ask any questions about it as well. We'll have a chance to address them towards the end. So first, let me introduce our co-authors, uh, who many of you already know. Uh, Natasha Costello is English, a solicitor, non-practicing, and former senior lecturer in law at Manchester Metropolitan University. She currently works as an independent teacher in Paris, France, and teaches legal English to practicing French lawyers and to law students at various universities in the Paris area. Louise Kulbitsky, uh, and now I finally know the correct pronunciation of her name, so I'm using it. Louise Kulbitsky is a legal English teacher and founder of Study Legal English, which provides online legal English resources to language learners in over 140 countries. Louise gained practical experience in the field of international environmental law before turning to legal English teaching. And um, let's see, let me tell you a little bit about the book now. Um, the book that we're all here to, to learn about and get a, a little early preview of. Um, this book shows non-native English-speaking lawyers how to apply their English language skills to everyday legal situations and contexts, providing essential guidance to ensure they can work confidently in different settings and mediums. 
including activities based on real life scenarios. And, and I got a sneak peek of the book and it definitely uses a lot of great real life scenarios. This book will allow lawyers and law students to practice their English in key areas of working life, from networking and client meetings to telephone and conference calls, contract drafting and contract negotiations, presentations and using social media. Written by two highly experienced legal English tutors, meaning Louise and Natasha, of course, uh, both former, who are both former legal professionals, it also features online support material that includes listening exercises to complement those based on writing and reading comprehension. Uh, designed to hone skills required in working life, practical English language skills for lawyers is practical, accessible, and fun. And again, I can attest to the fun because I got to review it and it was fun. Um, including guidance on job applications and interview practice, this book is an invaluable resource, not only for current legal professionals, but also for those students considering their first career step. Okay, so let's get into some questions and, and this new people are joining. Welcome, welcome. It's great to have you with us. Um, Natasha, to get some context, uh, I wanted to ask, why did you write the book? Um, and and I should mention, I know I know Natasha and Louise are extremely passionate about this, um, and yet we only have we have less than an hour to talk about it. So if I if I have to cut you off a little bit, please don't take it personally. <laughs> okay, Natasha, why did you write the book? Okay, thanks, uh, thanks, Stephen, thanks for that nice introduction, um, and hi everybody, and thank you for coming. Um, well, I think why did we write the book? The the short answer to that question is that we really wanted to help lawyers and law students uh, use English in their daily lives. I mean, I think that's, you know, when you just summarize the book, that's what it's about. Um, but just to give you some background, I first met Louise a few years ago at a uh, legal English teachers conference in Croatia. And I was giving uh, a presentation on practical activities for contract drafting in English. And Louise was about to run a contract drafting course. And so um, we got talking about that uh, at the conference and after the conference. And uh, we got talking about practical skills and about how lawyers often came to us um, for us to help them with their English in situations like client meetings, um, particularly in conference calls. I'm sure a lot of people have had uh, clients come to them asking for help with conference calls. Um, I also had um, a client who had to go to a, a lawyer's conference, a networking event, and wanted help um, with being able to introduce their, their work, their practice at a conference. Um, and we just felt that there, there weren't really any books out there that were specifically dedicated um, to uh, teaching legal English in the context of skills. And so, so that's really why we decided to um, get together and um, write a book that focused on practical skills. Oh, thank you, Natasha. Okay, and then uh, Louise, I want to bring you into this now and ask you a question. Um, can we look inside the book and see some exercises? We can. 
Um, I wanted to maybe first of all tell you a little bit about how how the book's structured um, and um, mention a little bit about the structure of the book before we dive into some exercises. Um, so the book, it's got 11 chapters and each chapter focuses on a particular skill. So we've got the first chapter looks at networking and we are going to look at some of those activities uh, today. The second chapter looks at telephoning and conference calls. Then it looks at client meetings. We've got legal writing, presentations, social media marketing, um, and then job applications and interviews, contract drafting and review, contract negotiation. So two chapters on contracts. Um, alternative dispute resolution, so things like mediation and um, arbitration, and then advocacy, so uh, writing documents for court and presenting in court. So each chapter, you know, focuses on a particular skill, and that's the way, that's the format of, you know, how the how each skill is presented in each chapter. We. So how you can use the book is that you can either sort of, you know, take a particular skill like client meetings and do the activities in that particular chapter and then go back and do the networking. You can work on a particular skill that you want to. We would recommend that you sort of work through the book because each chapter builds on, they sort of build on the previous chapters. So for example, in the first chapter in networking, we've got some activities on small talk, which then later, you know, small talk is a skill that's required in lots and lots of different situations. For example, in client meetings, you might want to use some small talk. So you can use vocabulary that you learned and the skills that you developed in previous chapters. One other thing to mention is that, of course, this book is it's, it's completely aimed at lawyers and legal professionals. So the scenarios in the book, they're all legal scenarios. They're all based within legal topics and they're all very much commercial topics. So we've got things like commercial contracts, real estate, uh, employment law, all these um, sort of, you know, uh, typical things that an international lawyer would, would work in. Um, so now we can look inside the book, Stephen. Um, yes. <laughs> I, have a, I have a great question for you, which is, can we look inside the book and see some exercises now? Yes, you can. Um, so let me, what I'm going to do is I'm going to post in the chat box. You may have already got this, um, but I'm going to post in the chat box a link to the official Routledge book page. Um, so, and then I'm going to share my screen. So just bear with me here. Okay, so can you see my screen? Yes, perfect, excellent. Okay, so here, this is the link that I just shared. It's the official Routledge book page. Here you can find out information about the book, you can pre-order it. And if you click here on preview this title, you actually get down here um, quite a large extract from the book. Here you can see the contents page, which Natasha is going to talk through. And then later there's quite a large extract from the first chapter, the networking chapter. 
which we will look at today as well. I'm just going to maybe zoom in a little bit so that you can see that a bit better. Um, so, Natasha, I'll pass back to you to talk about the content. Yeah, sorry, I was just unmuting. Um, and Louise, I think we wanted to just say that um, that this is where, uh, if when people go to this link, this is where they'll be able to find the um, audio tracks and access the support material that we're going to talk about later as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. Exactly. So the audio tracks, when the audio tracks are published, when the book's published, they'll be downloadable. There's not a CD included with the book. They're downloadables from here. Okay. All right. Okay. So over to you, Natasha. Um, yeah. Okay. So we just wanted to explain um, the, the structure of the chapters. Um, so you can see here on the contents page, the networking chapter, and all of the chapters are structured in a similar way. So you can see here that uh, it begins with a section called about this chapter. So every chapter has this section, which includes an overview of the chapter and the learning objectives. And so, for example, one of the learning objectives in the networking chapter is to be able to deliver an elevator pitch about your work. That's one of the learning objectives. Um, and then at the end of each chapter, there's a little section called Test Yourself, which has some questions so that students can check that they have achieved the learning objectives. So that's how we've structured each chapter. Um, we've also included um, an introduction to each chapter. And in the introduction, we introduce language for that skill. Um, and we also encourage uh, students to talk about their experience in using uh, that particular skill at the beginning of the chapter. So all the chapters are structured in that way. Um, and then in networking, after the introduction, um, we've got a section on preparing for a networking event and so Louise has hopefully you can all see this <laughs> Louise has gone gone uh, scrolled down through the chapter now so that um, we're looking at the section on preparing for a networking event and first of all there's a bit of discussion about um, what you can do to prepare for a networking event but what we wanted to show you um, to start with we wanted to show you some specific exercises we wanted to show you one of the audio tracks so I think Louise is just going to scroll down to exercise 2.3. Yeah. Um, so um, in exercise 2.3 here, we've got uh, the first audio track in this chapter. In fact, this is the first audio track in the book. And you can see the um, exercise says, listen to Anton Lea and Faven speaking about themselves and the type of networking events they, want, they would like to attend. So this audio introduces uh, these three characters. Um, and as Stephen was saying before, you know, we've, we've uh, created some realistic scenarios which we follow through uh, during the chapter. So here we're going to follow Anton, Lair and Faven um, as they prepare for a networking event and as they, they attend a networking event. Um, and in each chapter there, there's maybe one or two sometimes different scenarios. Um, so we are going to listen. We're just going to listen to Leia introducing herself. And 
Um, the idea for the students is to decide if the statements are true or false. So feel free, audience out there, feel free to uh, to do the exercise if you want to and decide if the statements are, are true or false. And Louise is just going to play Leia for us. You might have to unmute, Louise. Yeah, and you need to okay. just make sure your volume. Um, Turns so, up my volume. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for reminding me. Okay, so I will play the track now. Leia. I'm an in-house lawyer at Comtech, a telecommunications company based in the Netherlands. I work in the Amsterdam office. A lot of my work involves negotiating, drafting and reviewing contracts in English. I'm interested in attending events where I can improve my contract drafting skills in English and where I can meet other contract lawyers. I'd love to build a support network so that we can share information with each other. Oh, and my boss is also interested in me meeting contacts in Asia as we are expanding in that region. There we go. Thank you, Louise. Okay, so you might have noticed that Leia has um, a slight accent there because she is supposed to be a, a Dutch lawyer. And that's something that we've tried to do throughout the book. We've got a real mixture of um, tracks with audio tracks with um, native speakers and non-native speakers with a slight accent. Uh, we've tried to reflect what the real world uh, of international business is like. And, you know, in, in a meeting, you would have people um, that you'd have a mixture of, of native and non-native English speakers. Um, Something else we wanted to say about the the audio is that uh, all of the transcripts for the audio tracks are in the book. They are at the back of the book. And also there is an answer key at the back of the book. So um, if you were doing the exercise there and you want to know the answer, well, then you'll have to buy the book to to check the uh, to check the answer <laughs> at the back. Um, okay, so that's one type of exercise that we've got, uh, a listening exercise. I think Louise is going to talk to you now about another type of exercise. Okay, so um, going, we're, we're now looking at ASA networking event. So this chapter, we've, we've got the introduction, then preparing for a networking event, and then ASA networking event, and then this is split into subsections. The first part of it is joining people, which you can see here. So how, how are you encouraging students to discuss how they join people uh, at a networking event? And as we scroll down, we've got a listening exercise. And then the activity that I wanted to show you in particular was this. And this is a, a reading and a speaking activity. Um, about how to join people at a networking event and how to introduce yourself. I want to mention that this chapter focuses on face-to-face -face networking, whereas, of course, you know, nowadays we quite often network online as well. Um, networking online is really covered in a later chapter in the social media marketing chapter. So, in this exercise, in exercise 3.4, we've got a little bit of reading where we talk about different approaches to introducing yourself and joining people at a networking event. 
We then refer to culture and we've got a discussion activity to encourage students to talk about what would be appropriate in their culture. And we really try to pay attention to this element of culture throughout the book because, of course, when you're learning English, you tend to also learn the English culture, which is, you know, the especially British English, for example, the, the very polite way of introducing yourself. But the reality of international lawyers today is that you're not you're not only communicating with you know British English people or American English people, you're communicating with a vast variety of cultures. And so you will be confronted with with different cultures. And so we're sort of encouraging students to think about what their own culture, uh, the impact of their own culture on on introducing themselves and also think about other cultures. Um, here we have a phrase bank which gives phrases for introducing yourself. And uh, it's split between sort of politely joining and being more direct. Phrase banks are another thing which appeared throughout the book. This is a really small one and quite a simple one because it's, it's one of the earlier chapters. Some are later on, uh, you've got more sort of uh, complex vocabulary, we can say. So this is just a short one. Um, and uh, what can I say? Then the idea is that students read the phrase bank and then they can use it as a basis to, to formulate discussions. We also have phrase banks for some writing activities when there are writing activities to sort of prompt the language to use. Um, so... I think that's all I wanted to mention on that particular activity. So I'll hand back to you, Natasha, to go on to the next activity. Um, yeah, OK, thanks, Louise. So um, so we've got listening activities, we've got speaking activities. Uh, Louise is just scrolling down here to the next activity just to show you there are some reading activities. There, We have written some texts here uh, for reading. So um, this is a text about uh, small talk. Um, looking at uh, different small talk topics. And can you just scroll down a bit, Louise, as well? So it looks at uh, questioning techniques for small talk and and just a bit. Yeah. And then um, again, it's got something about uh, culture and uh, how small talk can be different in different cultures. Um, so there are some reading activities with questions. Uh, another thing we wanted to point out was um, you'll see here in the text, it refers to a book. It refers to the culture map uh, by Erin Mayer. Um, we mentioned before that there is some support material uh, for the book. So um, in addition to the audio tracks being downloadable, there will be a, a downloadable um, support uh, material document. Um, and in there, we have included um, some uh, tips for teachers, uh, some uh, additional activities that you can use, but also we've included lots of other resources, books, uh, podcasts, videos, websites. So if, for example, you wanted to maybe, um, if you're a teacher and you wanted to run a whole course on, on networking, you could use this chapter and we've given you some ideas for extra resources that might help you um, 
as well. Or if you're a student and you just want to find out more about networking, for example, we've given you some ideas of uh, extra reading that you could do. Um, so I think that was that was all on reading. And then I think we were going to talk about the role play exercise, weren't we, Louise? Is that in the extract that's in here? We just wanted to show you another type of exercise. Sorry, let me just scroll down. Here we go. Okay. So, so as Louise said in this chapter, um, after the introduction, there's a section on um, preparing for a networking event. Uh, then um, after that section, there's a section on at the networking event. Um, and then uh, towards the, the end of the chapter, we've got uh, this section called practice networking. So it's a chance to practice the networking skills that, that students should have uh, acquired. Um, and it's a big role play exercise. So Louise is showing you here, we've we've created a scenario, a conference um, to go to. Um, and so there's a conference program and we've created some participant roles or students can um, choose, a, choose their own, choose to play a role or choose to play themselves. But we've created a, a big scenario, a big um, networking role play uh, exercise. And we've got that in a few of the chapters. Um, so for example, in the conference call, uh, telephone and conference calls chapter, there is a, a big role play to practice uh, conference calls. In contract negotiations, there's a big role play at the end to practice a negotiation. Um, so in some of the chapters, we've got these big role play exercises. Um, and then was that the end of the extract, Louise? Because we were going to just mention about... It is. Because but I can mention it. Yeah, you can, okay. you can mention it because I'll, I can share my version. Okay. Um, so I can so, actually get to it here. Do you see my version now? Yeah. Yeah. And you're okay. you're right at the beginning of the book there. I'll go. Okay. So um after the after these big role play exercises, um, we want to encourage students to um reflect on uh on their um on their role play. Yeah. So Louise has just highlighted it here. So after the role play. Students are asked to reflect on the role play using the self-assessment questions in Appendix A. So in the uh, appendices to the book, there are some self-assessment questions and some peer assessment questions as well. Um, you know, we think that this is a book about skills. You learn a skill by practicing, um, by reflecting on what you've done and then uh, trying again. So we wanted to include some self-assessment questions that, that students could could use. And as I said, there's also some peer assessment questions. So if you're a teacher and the students are working, you know, with their partners, you can get their partners to, to look at the peer assessment uh, questions as well. Um, I think that was all I was going to say about the uh, the role plays. And then Louise is going to talk about uh, just one more exercise in the chapter. Good. I think um, you mentioned the support material. I think something else to mention that I think is quite useful um, is that there's a sort of matrix in the support material that shows you the chapter and then the legal topics contained in that chapter. Um, so that if you are interested in a, 
of course, this is a skills-based book, so you're you're more focused on a particular skill. But if there are particular legal topics that you're more interested in, you can also find it in that sort of support material uh, table. Um, okay, so I'm going to talk about an activity uh, related to following up. So this is the final main section within this chapter. So we've got the you know, the introduction, the preparing for a networking event at a networking event, and then afterwards following up after an event. This section, again, it still contains speaking and listening activities, but the activity that I wanted to show you was this written activity, which is in uh, exercise 4.5. Here, um, again, we've got a phrase bank. And the idea is that you review these expressions. They are expressions that you could use to follow up with someone that you've met at a networking event. It also shows a potential structure that you can use to structure your message for following up. This, these particular phrases, as we've written in the, in the first, uh, in the introduction to the exercise here, um, they're more appropriate for writing more informal messages on social media or WhatsApp or by SMS, by, uh, you know, on, on your mobile phone. Um, and uh, the reason for that is there are two reasons for that. Firstly, quite often nowadays, you know, in the, in the modern world, a lot of people do follow up with contacts on social media platforms like LinkedIn, for example. Um, secondly, if you do want to follow up with contacts and write emails, email writing is covered in a, in another chapter in the legal writing chapter. So we, we're not repeating ourselves as such. You can refer to that chapter for writing emails. So the idea here is to review the phrases. And then we've got in the next activity or it, you know, it's linked in exercise 4.6, we've got a message that brings back the characters that we looked at earlier. Here, we've got Anton, who met Ingrid at the networking event. We followed them through the chapter. And Ingrid has written Anton a, a sort of, you know, a, a text message, which has many mistakes in it. Um, it's, it's, you know, got uh, punctuation and... Uh, incorrect uh, words we can say so the idea here is to read read the message and then you rewrite it using the phrase bank above and of course then you can also as a student you can you can write you know other messages using the phrase bank to real people if you work with real lawyers or if you are a real lawyer who's found a contact at a networking event and you need to write a follow-up message, you can use those phrases to do that. This exercise has got um, a suggested answer in the answer key. It's a suggested answer because, you know, there's not necessarily a right or wrong answer of how you follow up. And a lot of our answers, the, the way that we've structured them are giving suggested answers because sometimes there's not necessarily a right or wrong answer. Um, 
one other point that I wanted to mention was that, so we've, we've looked at a range of activities in this chapter. We've looked at a, we started off with a speaking activity. I can't remember. I think we started off with a speaking activity that we looked at. We looked at a reading activity. We've looked at a listening activity and a writing activity. All of the chapters contain, you know, the, a range of these activities, reading, writing, speaking, and listening. But um, some, some chapters are more heavily focused on particular activities, like, of course, the legal writing chapter and the contract drafting chapter are more heavily focused on writing, whereas chapters such as presentations, like giving presentations are more heavily focused on speaking and presenting. Um, but having said that, you will notice that I think we got to an activity earlier on where um, we had the final listening here, which was 1.5. There are lots of listening activities. Um, there, are, there are normally around four or five listenings in each chapter. Um, so that brings me to the end, I think, of what I wanted to say. Natasha, do you want to add anything? I just wanted to add something quickly to what you said there about when you said there's a suggested um, answer for the writing activity. And we've tried to do that for all of the writing activities. We've tried to, as Louise said, it's just a suggested answer. But I know it can be frustrating sometimes when you um, when you you have a, a, a writing activity and you'd like to just see what would be an example answer. So we have we have done that, like in the email writing, we've got, you know, example uh, answers for the writing activities in the answer key. Yes, I think. Can I just add one other thing? Yeah. Um, the exercises that we've looked at, of course, they are they're they're legally focused because the um, the these characters are all all legal professionals. Um, and there's a range of different sorts of legal professionals involved in this chapter. Um, but other chapters sort of uh, generally, for example, the advocacy chapter is more like IP based and uh, focuses on maybe one or two topics, whereas the networking chapter focuses on sort of a range, we can say. Anyway, I'll stop my screen share now and I'll pass back to Stephen, um, who can lead a Q&A. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. So if you have questions, uh, feel free to put them in the chat box and we'll get to them before before we and as you think of questions or, or, or write in your questions. I wanted to say um, one of the things that struck me about this book, both when I was looking at it earlier and as I'm watching your discussion today, is the uh, first the, the way it takes in the user experience or takes into account the user experience and really thinks about how a user is going to, how a student is going to potentially use this. I felt that when I looked at the book and I feel it now as you're sharing these exercises. Um, but the other thing is, is the emphasis on practical um, because very parallel to, to a, a, a trend that's built up in, in the academic English world in general, over the last, whatever it is, 10, 15, 20 years, is emphasis not just on reading and writing in, in an academic setting, but, but on things like how do you, what does a conversation with your professor looks like? And I think you've both really captured that spirit 
Uh, I mean, there's a lot of of substantive legal English in this book, but there's also a lot of the, the in-between parts that are also very much part of, of learning and being able to function in legal English. So I, I found that, uh, that that really comes through. Um, one, one other example I thought of in particular is when you present key vocabulary in this book, um, you provide a number of sample sentences that I think is extremely practical and really allows the user, the student, to kind of zero in on how can I use this word and how should I not use this word, perhaps? Where are, the, where are some of the parameters, which is so important when you're learning vocabulary in another language? Um, so thank you for, for sharing all of this. Um, if anybody has any questions, feel free to put them in the chat room. I have a few questions as well that I am happy to ask. Um, oh, a great question from Allison uh, Wiebelk. Um, she says, is the book intended as a complete course, for example, in a university environment? Um, do you want me to answer first, Louise? Uh, yes, I think it it could. Yes, definitely, it could be a complete course. I mean, I'm I'm thinking particularly of uh, a, a university where I teach, and I teach uh, master's students, um, and they're going to be, you know, they've already they've already done some work experience. They're going to be doing some more work experience, and I think it would be um, perfect for for them. Uh, so yeah, I don't know what Louise thinks. Again, I would agree. I think um, I I was doing some teaching on a sort of graduate course uh, a couple of years ago and doing teaching practical skills. And we very much did, it, it was shorter than a university course. Um, and we probably did about, you know, half the skills involved in the book. So I'd say that it's um, definitely could definitely be applicable. And Natasha and I went to a conference earlier this year and it was talking about this kind of skills that graduates need nowadays to be employable. And um, it was a, a European funded research project looking into the skills needed and very much it was talking about those soft skills like how do you use small talk? How do you conduct client meetings? And so I think that... Um, it's very much needed for for graduates, and so being part of the university course could be quite quite helpful. Yeah, yeah, and it also includes, um, particularly then for students, it also includes uh, a section on job interviews, um, job applications, and interviews. So for students who want to perhaps apply for internships, um, well, not just students, but it would be relevant to students. Um, so I hope that answers Alison's question. Uh, Stephen, I think you're talking, but you're muted. My apologies. Yes, I was muted. Uh, um, Andrew Creighton asks, would the book be suitable for trainee paralegals? And I'm not sure. Uh, I know in the U.S. there's paralegal training programs um, that are a little bit different than law school. I don't know if the same exists in, in European countries. But what do you think of that question? Um, Andrew, do you mean for non-native? Do you mean for native speakers or non-native? Non-native speakers. 
And what do you mean by paralegal zone? Because, yeah, well, I agree, Stephen, it's different yeah, in the UK. And yeah, I mean, they, they call it paralegal, but I don't think it's par- a paralegal program in the in the US sense. Um, they're sort of legal assistants or legal, you know, they, they, they assist the, the law firm of the lawyers. Um, so a lot of administrative work. But on this two-year course, they've got a paralegal course. Then um, there is an English, a legal English module, uh, legal Swedish and legal English and so on. Um, I've, I've used the tolls books uh, previously, but I thought this might be an alternative to them. So I think a lot of it would would would, would fit in here. The the sort of administrative side of things, the networking side of things. These are all things that that they 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 might have to do uh, in the work yeah. that they do. So I think I would say that these skills are applicable for like a range of legal yeah. professionals. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. They are, they're both applicable for, for graduates who are like interested in then becoming a, a legal professional after university. Mm. And for those who don't necessarily want to become a lawyer, but they take other courses of mm. uh, uh, for, for their careers. So yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of these skills are still applicable to a, to a range of legal professionals, yeah. legal writing, for example, networking. Those are all things that uh, paralegals would do. So I don't see, you know, there shouldn't be a distinction, no. but it, this book is not just a book for, for lawyers. So yeah. for legal professionals. So. Yeah. And we were really careful with that, I think, to think about it's not just uh, practicing lawyers, but also students. And that's why in the scenarios like the one we showed you, uh, the listening track we played, that was a lawyer, but the, one of the other people was a, a student. So we've tried to make sure that each chapter has a mixture of law students and other legal professionals Mm. um yeah another another question we have from dimitri is the will the book be available in russia it's not currently Um, and i i i think maybe this is your chance to ask louise or natasha to deliver it to you personally well, actually, Dimitri is a, is an old student of mine. So hi, Dimitri. And uh, Dimitri gave, gave me some feedback on the book. So a big thank you. And um, so, yes, Dimitri, I'm sure we can we can be in touch and maybe I can I can send you a book and understand it can it's a, comp, a very complicated situation at the moment. Um, yes. Please, uh, thank you. But uh, this mission is not only about me. I just think about other customers in the Russia. But actually, there are, two, there are two issues. The first issue is uh, mean of payment because Visa and the MasterCard is not available in Russia. And the second is uh, a delivery place. So it's yes. a complicated issue. But anyway, thanks. That's okay. Yes, I mean, I understand. I think that these these are questions that are beyond in a sense, uh, Natasha and I, and potentially these are questions that need to be taken up with, with, with the publisher really, because it's, it's such a, it's such a huge, huge issue. Mm. And then, and then we have a question from Olga Krishna, Krishna, um, what language level is the book intended for, or is there a language level that it's intended for? Um, yeah. Hi, Olga. Nice to see you. Um, we say in the introduction to the book that uh, it's not aimed at beginners um, because, it, I mean, it is focusing on skills. I think um, students do need to have some uh, English language, uh, you know, um, before they can sort of attempt to, to use the skills. I think we say 
Do we say B1 level or above, Louise, I think is what yeah. we say. B1 would, or above. Yeah, I'd also add that there, there are probably some chapters which are a bit more simple than others. Yeah. And even the language that you're using. So the networking chapter that we looked at, it's the first chapter in the book. And probably in terms of, of, of language that you're using, the simplest, because we're talking about, you know, introducing yourself and then going on to small talk, which um, which can potentially be more simple than the final chapter of the book, where it's actually quite complicated and you're dealing with advocacy and um, also the alternative dispute resolution chapter, which is the, I think it's the 10th chapter, um, which you're dealing with, you're looking at arbitration clauses and the language is quite complex. We also mention in the support material that we give some guidance on the activities in terms of activities that you could do if you're, if you're a teacher, um, but of course, also if you're a student that are perhaps simpler or activities that you might want to come back to if you're, you know, when your language is more developed. So I hope that has answered. I've got a question, which was a direct message, but I think, um, you know, it's aimed as a question. It's from David, um, who also um, uh, helped with the book. So thank you, David. Um, and he asks, is the legal language used in the book British or American legal language? Does the book point out these differences? Just a good question. Oh, we have a similar question uh, from Jonathan. Uh, who asked Stephen? Could you tell us whether the perceived whether you perceive that the differences between American and British English, especially in the context of English, legal English, were noticeable or insignificant? So great, great minds think alike. Yeah, um, maybe I'll, I'll mention a couple of points, and Natasha can add to it. We've we've really thought about this, and we, of course, Natasha and I are both both from England, and we trained in England, and so our our legal English that we use is. It's British legal English. However, we were very conscious throughout writing the book to try as much as possible to point out those differences when there's an American uh, a, a alternative word used. And, you know, Stephen, uh, Stephen was very kindly a sort of consultant on this, as well as a couple of other people we, we, we asked questions to, Daniel Edelson, Jonah Perlin, um, very, very kindly answered some questions when we weren't sure of like American alternatives. So we consulted on this. So um, yeah, so for example, like some in the advocacy chapter in chapter 11, um, which talks about the court process and court documents, we've got a, re a specific activity which looks at, you know, the court documents used in England and the court documents used in America uh, and um and and comparing them and uh encouraging students to sort of make a table to fill in with the alternative with words used which can be really helpful i think for a lawyer or a, or a, any legal professional that's working across jurisdictions who might be having a meeting with an american lawyer and wants to use the american word rather than the british english word um so yeah, that's that's what I would say on that point. Natasha, yeah, do you and, want to add anything or Stephen? Oh, I was just gonna add 
Yes, I, I do admit to being fluent in American. <laughs> but but one of the Good. one of the things I remember in reviewing the book was I had I had great fun pointing out all of all of Louise and Natasha's spelling errors in the book as a joke. Yes, yes, I'm, but they do they do a great job of hitting all of the anywhere there there could be some confusion they they hit it really nicely. Thank you. Natasha, do you have anything to add? No, no, I don't think so. I think that's it. We've we've written it from a British English perspective, but uh, we've pointed out where there are differences in American uh, terminology. Yeah, and thanks again to to Stephen uh, and Daniel and, and Jonah for their input with that. Yeah. Okay, we've got, I see two more questions. I think that might be all we have time for, but we'll see. Um, okay. Barto uh, asks, is the course going to be available only in book form? Or are you going to make it also available as an online course? Um, the the well, the book itself is a is available um, in uh, hard copy and uh, and it will be available as an ebook. Um, I don't know if that's the question. If the question is about a course, Louise, is that what the question is? He's asking, like, is it will it will it sort of be made into an online online okay. course? Maybe. We we don't as of yet have any plans to make it into like a self-study online course, but we do have with Natasha and I are speaking about running courses, you know, with the book. And um so if you're interested in that, by all means, um we'll we'll leave our email addresses um at the end and uh, you can always get in touch with us about that. Um so yes, I think hopefully that answers. Um, and then a, a really interesting question from Ahmed. Um, does the book have any audio links to hear difficult words? Um, which is a which is a great idea. I had not, I had not thought about that. Hmm. So um of course we have the we don't have specific audios in terms of like, you know, this is a difficult to pronounce word, so we've got a specific audio on it. Um, we do have pronunciation notes in the book where there is perhaps a difference in pronunciation between American English and British English or how to pronounce a particular difficult word where we've got the phonetic vocabulary there. Um, but the book does have audios and as a way to practice your listening comprehension just in general. And you've got the transcript at the back, which you can then read through to check any difficult words. I, I suppose that what, what's difficult word for one student may be very difficult than what's a difficult word for another student. Um, yeah. And I guess it, there's always youglish.com, which is a great resource for typing in a word and hearing different people say it. Yeah. Well, also what I would just note here is that this is the first edition of the book. And like Natasha and I, when we were writing it, you know, we had so many ideas and we were, but then we always had to say, remember, this is the first edition. And so we, we hope that in the future, of course, we hope that we hope people like it and we would absolutely welcome feedback. If you think that yeah. something's missing, like for example, you know, oh, I'd love to have this particular audio for this particular word. We are open to hearing ideas that then potentially we can include in a, in a next edition. And, and this ties in with the the question, an additional question from Andrew Creighton, which I, I see as an excellent suggestion, which is, will you have a Facebook page for the book 
or for teachers using the book, which would be a great, I would love to be be able to participate and see how other people use the book and learn about it and, and come up with ideas. Yeah, yeah. We were considering, we were when we set up the webinar for this, uh, for the book, this webinar, we were considering doing a LinkedIn page. And uh, so we just, we, we talked briefly about it. But mm. yeah, it's a great suggestion. We think we might, um, you know, create some kind of page where people can discuss and, and talk about it. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Regian has a question. Is the language used in the book based on plain English? That's a really good question. Oh, I think all we can say is that we have referred to plain English in the book. So in the legal writing chapter and in the contract drafting chapter, um, and uh, again, in the support material, there's lots of links to plain English. And we have included in an appendix a little, um, I can't remember what we call it, Louise, plain English to plain legalese English. to plain English reference, reference. or something. Right. Yeah, with some of the sort of main, um, you know, words like hearing before and all those things that, you know, some of those words with some plain English equivalents. Uh, um, and we've encouraged students to think about how they would translate those words into um, their own language as well. So that's yeah. that's something that we've done. Yeah, I'd, I'd maybe just add to that to say that the, the language in general in which the book is written in um, is, uh, tries to use language that is is modern okay we can say that like the actual yeah. the way that exercises are written we really really try to use language that's used today yeah uh, in 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 england in the us so some and we've mentioned this in the in the introduction that natasha and i share this perspective on on the on the english language that it's evolving and there are certain very strict grammar rules which um which are not really used in practice nowadays, and so that's the way that we've we've written the book. We we refer to that. Excuse me. Uh, sure. Concerning my question about audio links uh, yeah. uh, for the book, you can make in the future uh, a link to explain something or, or to add something in your site, for example. Yeah, yeah. Could, if possible, could be yeah. interesting. Uh, uh, uh. Good, good idea. If you. If you find anything specific, you know, note it down and and write to us, Ahmed. And uh, yeah, it will be very, very interesting to hear that. Thank you. Okay, I think we are just about out of time. Um, so if you have any other questions, you can email them to uh, Natasha uh, and or Louise. Uh, for Natasha, the email, uh, it'll be in the chat box. Yeah, I'll write it. I'll write it. It's contact at natashacostello.com. And for Louise, it's louise at studylegalenglish.com. So thank you everyone for joining and thank you Louise and Natasha for sharing your time and for creating this valuable resource. Um, and uh, maybe we'll all see each other on the social media page, whatever is created for this book, which would be a lot of fun. Okay, take care everybody. And thank you, Stephen. We want to thank you very much for, for hosting as well. Yeah, big, big thank you to Stephen. Thank you, Stephen.
Thank you. It was five. A lot of fun. Nice to nice to see all these people. I meet all these people. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Great. So that's the end of this episode and the end of the webinar recording. I hope you found it useful and learned something new. Don't forget that if you have any questions about the book, send me an email to louise at studylegalenglish.com. Don't forget that you can find a transcript of this episode if you go to studylegalenglish.com forward slash episode 126. So thanks for listening and see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Study Legal English podcast. If you really want to get ahead, why not become a member and gain access to many learning resources? Visit studylegalenglish.com forward slash pricing 